right. Well, today we are continuing on in our, our lessons that we started last week in part 14. And then we're going to get into something new today. But I wanted to finish what we were talking about. As we were talking about heaven and earth intertwining. And we were talking about the, 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 um, the places in which God and man meet. <coughs> that, uh, and, um, you know, because we're talking about Genesis chapter 1. And so we see this kind of places in Genesis chapter 1. It continues on into Genesis chapter 2 and then throughout the rest of the Bible. And so we have... Um, so we're talking about, so to begin with, I wanted us to turn to Exodus chapter 24. I know, yes, we're in Genesis chapter 1, but we're working through some of these ideas that we found there. As we look up, and as we remember, God, uh, Moses, is at the feet of Mount Sinai, and he looks up, and he can't see any, he sees God's feet. He can't see any higher. He sees God's feet. And he's, he's looking through that rakia. Remember what the word rakia was in Genesis chapter 1? Rakia? What was rakia? That's right. It's like that dome that kept the, that separated the heavens and the, 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 the waters from above and the waters from below, that rakia. And so he's looking up there. And uh, they're in a, a dangerous place. This is, uh, uh, this is not, uh, you know, this is the place where God is. And if you're not pure before God, this is a place that's dangerous. And we see this attitude throughout the scriptures. If you go before God inappropriately, it's a very dangerous place to be. Which is one of the reasons why I think uh, it's so, like, even when we take communion, we have that don't take communion inappropriately because we're communing not only with one another, but we're communing with the Father. And we go before God in this place. Um, so, um, but so, yeah, so he's on this cosmic, this mountain and he's looking up and, and, and Yahweh says to Moses, Moses, you come on up here. <clears throat> and I'm going to give you these tablets. Um, and the Torah, and the covenant I've written. And, um, and so Moses uh, goes up with uh, Joshua's servant, but, um, uh, but, you know, Moses goes up to the top. And, and what happens at the top? That's what we're reading here when Moses is at the top. This is one of those instances where heaven and earth combine. Um, when Moses went up to the top of the mountain, the clouds covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled on the Mount Sinai, and the clouds covered it for six days. Now, that's, uh, we can pause right there. That's an interesting amount of days, isn't it? Six days. We've already seen that talk from Genesis chapter 1. Six days he created, and then on the seventh day he rested. Six days he's up there, and then on the seventh day... Um, on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the cloud and appeared at the Lord's glory to the Israelites was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. So like Moses is up there and he's like in the middle of it. It's in the midst of this cloud. Now we zoom down to the 70 elders that are down on the ground and they're looking up and they're, and, and you know, the sons of Israel looking up there, they see the appearance of the glory of Yahweh. And it's like a, a fire on a mountaintop. Uh, many people have described this kind of like, maybe like a volcano. Or, um, but, um, but we see that it's, um, it's this, this, but really it's, 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 it's all about Yahweh um, on the mountaintop. He has come, he's on the mountaintop. Um, and, and Moses is walking in the middle of this fire, entering into the clouds and... Um, and it says that uh, uh, he goes up in the mountain and he remains there for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, that's an important number. Where do we see? Okay, we're in Exodus. Where have we seen that number already? Noahic number. Where will we see it again? A couple different places, but most obvious, Jesus. He's in the desert. 
uh, for 40 days and 40 nights. And so we have this kind of number. They were in uh, the Exodus for, they're going to be in Exodus for 40 years. This is one of those, those important numbers. And so Yahweh uh, begins uh, a, what will be a, um, a seven speeches. He's going to actually give um, uh, a series of speeches, uh, seven speeches, which the Bible, the way it's organized, is so awesome, isn't it? Like, okay, we got sixth day, and then on the seventh day, he gives seven speeches. That's awesome. <laughs> The way we often, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I read that, the second time I read it, probably the 40th time I read it, I looked right over that. You're just reading through the Bible, and because, you know, we read through a little bit of it, and we put it down, and we read through a little bit of it, and we put it down, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm like that, you know, like reading through the whole thing is very difficult for me. Um, you know, I have a tendency to read for a few minutes, and then I put it down, and I pick up something else, and, you know, and I move on. Um, but, and then to sit down and say, I want to count out how many speeches there are. Um, is, uh, is something that we like, oh, God, I need to think on this. And so we have, uh, so he begins with um, seven speeches, and um, um, each speech is marked by, and Yahweh said to Moses. Um, and, and, uh, and what's revealed in, in this seven speech is the blueprint of the tabernacle. What's the Tabernacle. Oh, the place where the tabernacle, the sacrifice was made. But more than that, what, was the, what, what is it? Is it a sacred place? Absolutely. What else? What else is it? It's like a temple. It's kind of like a temple. It's, a, it's what? Portable temple. There's a good way to word it. It's a portable temple. Yeah, it's, it's the the. A tent-like structure, and, and we can argue about exactly, you know, whether round or square or, you know, or, you know that's whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but we have the design, the basic design for it, the design for it given here as, as you've, um, and it's, it's to represent God moving with his people. And it's not until they settle in one place and, that they, and, and David settles them and moves the political and religious capital to one place that they start building the actual uh, temple. And then that one gets destroyed and they build another one. And that one gets destroyed and they build another one. Um, and, and we're still waiting on the next one. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, so, so we have this, but this is the, 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 the blueprints for the tabernacle. And because it's the blueprint for the tabernacle, we're going to see the same model as a blueprint for the temples. You put an S on that, right? The temples. Because they all kind of follow the same pattern. They all follow, uh, some of them are more grand than others. Um, but... Um, but yeah, so uh, it's revealed that... They, and, so, um, and so this... Um, so it says, um, let, the, um, let the Israelites, or, or, or tell the Israelites uh, um, to construct a sanctuary for me so that I might dwell among them according to everything I'm about to show you as a pattern of the tabernacle. And the pattern of the furniture, you shall build it. Um, and the, it's, excuse me, I forgot Put my phone on silent. I apologize. I see some of you putting your phone on silent too. Uh, um, so on the um, so yeah so um, and so this this whole thing is is in the is given to him in the shroud of this divine glory fire and he's on top of the mountain and the sons of Israel are um, are all down below the mountain looking up at it and uh, they're kind of freaking out. Um, and um, they had a chance to go up there by themselves, go up there themselves, but they didn't want to go. So all they get to see is this lightning and fire and cloud, and um, and Moses is up there, and um, and God shows them this, and um, so um, so so they showed him what through this this uh, this this divine tent. Um, and, and so it's, um, as we read through that and you think about the tabernacle, it, uh, um, we have to ask ourselves, well, because it, it says that it's based on a heavenly pattern. 
And so we have to ask that question of, uh, you know, where is it? <laughs> um, but it actually totally works perfectly in the cosmology that we're given back in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis 2 and 3. Uh, we're getting, in our Genesis, we're getting this, this cosmology. Um, so, um, and, and remember, the co- remember what that co- word cosmology means? It's our, uh, the, the order of things, it's the way we view the universe. Now, how they viewed the universe and how we view the universe are two totally different things, because we've got awesome things like telescopes and, but that doesn't mean the, what God was showing them in their cosmology is wrong. And some of us try to put their cosmology on our cosmology. Some of us try to put our cosmology on their cosmology. And we had a whole discussion on that. You guys can go uh, back and watch episode, what was it, like three? (laughs) We're on 15 now. So episode three of this, you can go go listen to that one if you want to have that whole discussion. But um, but yeah, so... um, um, yeah, but so the, the cosmology there is, is God is using that cause to use that metaphysical thing to, to have something, and it fits perfectly into this as, um, as so, you know, um, um, so we see this, this, this temple, this tabernacle, um, you know, and that fits perfectly into the images we're going to see in uh, from Eden to Babylon, Jacob's dream, um, Isaiah chapter 6, because, you know, he wasn't in the temple, then all of a sudden he's in the temple. Um, all throughout the, the biblical narrative, we're going to see this tabernacle temple uh, be symbols of this future hope of reality that all of earth will be returning to Eden, returning to that place where all things were good, and God's place in our space was once one again, and... Um, and this Eden, Eden, Eden space. Uh, we'll call it Eden space. Uh, Eden meaning delight. Um, in the Greek, it's more, it's word paradise. Are you saying that this is going to be like number four? All right, there we go. All right, back online. Yeah, we've already had uh, multiple temples, not just two temples. We've had the tabernacle, David's temple, uh, I mean Solomon's temple, and then we've also had um, Herod's temple, and we had another temple, I think, in between that. Nehemiah's temple, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Herod did a rebuild. Well, he, it was... Not the complete, because they had been rebuilding it for 46 years. So it's a completely different. We counted as two different temples. Uh, so you've got four temples already there. And then so it gets destroyed by the Romans. And then so we're waiting for another temple that a lot of people believe. Um, I'm going to say a lot of people because not everyone believes the same things about the end times. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people believe that at the end times, another temple is going to be built right beside the, um, you know, up in Jerusalem. That's going to kind of kick off some things that we see in, um, in the book of Revelation. And, and uh, um, so, um, and then there's the time after that when you have a new heaven and a new earth and a new... Um, new. Ezekiel's temple, which, uh, yeah, is this, um, this, this temple that he envisions after the temple has been destroyed. And so that one, um, like I said, a lot of people believe that there's going to be a temple built during that millennial time period that I'm not going to say everyone believes the same thing about the, the end times. They just, you know, (laughs) <laughs> we're just going to, I'm just not going to say that, but, uh, cause there's so many different beliefs out there, but there's another temple that Ezekiel sees in a vision. And a lot of people put that back here in the millennial time period.
But I, I emphasize not everyone does that. Um, when we start getting to what might come and taking allegories and stuff like that, the more murkier things get. And we could try to figure them out and we you know certain things, but there's some things we just can say, well, this is what we think is going to happen. This is what we think it means. And that's just reality. Um, yeah, so, uh, and so, but the, the whole earth is going to be this, the temple itself is kind of like this, this hope that one day all of earth will be um, a return to Eden. All of earth will be the Eden paradise spot. And, uh, and, uh, but, um, yes. So, um, as we uh, discuss the, uh, let me turn around here, um, the creation uh, in Genesis chapter 1, we see the same patterns found in Exodus chapters 25 and on, and then again in 1 Kings in the temple period. We see the same exact patterns. Now you say, well, I can't see that. I'm not, I'm not going to go through all of this right now. I want you to go to the notes on the app, and this image is on there. Um, so you can zoom into it, and you can go through each and every verse and, uh, and, and look at it directly. Um, I just don't want to go through the entire, it would take us the entire period to go through just this one chart, uh, a lot of which we've already talked about. But we'll see as you do that, the, um, there's, there's um, a lot of the same ideas and, uh, and, and commandments found in the creation event, like the seventh day, you have Sabbath, and on the speech seven, you have Sabbath, and on in uh, First Kings, uh, the you have the seven-day feast, and so you have like the same idea of the seventh, seven, seven, all the way across these. And so, as you go through that, uh, you're going to see a lot of the same language and the same discussions and the same ideas: sky, land, sea. Um, that's depicted there, then it's corresponded in the way the temple's made. Um, and then we're going to see the same things continuing in, in Genesis chapter 2, where we have the Eden. You know, there's a, a garden, and then there's Eden, and then there's, of course, what the Holy of Holies is the garden in Eden, and then there's Eden, which is the, the holy place, and then you have uh, outside of the garden, which is, you know, so you have like this three-tiered place in Genesis chapter 2 as well that is found in the, uh, the temple narrative. The very temple itself is a, is a description. The tabernacle itself is a description of Genesis chapters 1 and 2. How awesome is that? The very, it's, a very, it's, it's, it's very nature is, is found in there. Um, this next image here is also found in the app on the notes page. Um, or you can go to the website and go to our, once I upload it, you'll be able to see it. Um, you go to today's lesson and the, the notes will be on there as well. This image here, um, you see also a three-tiered place um, in the, the very... Um, nature of it, the holy of holies, heaven, the, the, the cosmic mountain, the middle of the garden, all these things cry out that God is showing them the cosmology, using cosmology to describe his very creation, his very being in the structure of the tabernacle as we, in the temple, as we look forward to the coming of uh, and we see the same imagery in the New Testament, not just in Revelation. A lot of times we've been talking about Revelation. We also see the same kind of imagery in Jesus' word. Uh, this is one example. John 1, 50, 51. Uh, Do you not believe because I told you, I saw you under a fig tree? You will, you will see greater things than this. And he said, truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
They're ascending and descending angels. We'll talk about angels here in a, a few minutes. Uh, ish. Uh, <laughs> few minutes for me is always a little rounded. Uh, <laughs> um, but you see this, this ascending just like uh, the, the same imagery that we had with uh, Jacob's uh, stairway, right? Or, or ladder, that ziggurat that you'll see. Um, Jesus, um, you know, in this passage, Jesus uh, sees a guy named uh, Nathaniel underneath a tree. And he, he says, uh, he sees a human under the tree and says, listen, I saw you earlier. And he's like, um, I saw you on the tree before we were here. And, and Jesus says, you're going to see uh, a lot more. You're going to see the skies opening up, angel of God descending and descending. And um, and so it's, it's, he's calling on this motif that we see in the tabernacle language. He's seeing on this motif we see in all these images as man and uh, God and, and earth intertwine. And Jesus is claiming these images for himself, that he is the, 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 the moment where heaven and earth began to intertwine. Interesting enough, as we talk about angels in a, a little bit, um, one of the things that we often see angels uh, referred to as, as holy ones. Now, our Bibles, your English Bibles, often just translated as angels. I'll talk why I don't like that in a little while. But um, they refer to as holy ones. In the New Testament, it begins to reference as not the angels as holy ones, but us as the holy ones. And so I think there's an important shift that happens there. As uh, we we are the become the holy ones, the image of God that as Christ entered, the Holy Spirit enters in us. We become that place where heaven and earth has combined. And every time someone that we spread the the gospel, we're spreading that place that's supposed to be us, the image of God. Um, we're spreading that that place that heaven and earth intertwines, which I think is awesome. Um, yes, we'll talk about image of God in a few days. Uh, <laughs> we won't get there today. Um, all right, so I, I really want to, uh, uh, so, so yeah, so we, we have this, 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 um, this imagery. All right, so I want to stop. Let's go on to rulers above. This is what many of you are looking for. Rulers above and below. Let me bring this up. Enter full screen. All right. As we begin this section where we're going to talk about Angelos, uh, Malak, um, Cherub, and all these wonderful things, I'm going to set some ground rules. One, we're not going through the Bible and doing an exhaustive look at angels. I know some of you are like, that's what you want to hear, but that's not what we're going to do. Our primary focus is Genesis chapter 1. So we're going to keep that in mind. We're working our way through Genesis chapter 1. Uh, so uh, we will talk about the rulers above. Things we're not going to talk about because they kind of take too much away from it uh, are the named angels. Because we're going to talk about angels, you know, like, you know, all together. We're not going to talk about the named angels. Who can name some angels? Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. We'll talk about that one another day. Uh, I don't really like the name Lucifer, but uh, it's what we get from the Latin I've discussed before that I don't like the Latin translation of the Bible. <laughs> um, hello. Raphael's another interesting uh, name for an angel that's not in our, our Protestant Bible. It's in the Catholic version of the Bible. There's uh, another one. We're also not going to... I think it's, it says something about our societies. Anytime I mention angels, what the first thing people want to talk about is Satan, which I think that says something about us as a society. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure what it says, but it says something about us. Um, I'm not going to really talk about Satan as much because I want to focus on the two-thirds that didn't fall and then the one-third that did. Um, you can read, um, you know, and we could discuss, like, we'll discuss on another day. We will look into that stuff, but on another day. Um, things like, um, you know, you know, Ezekiel 28 and, and second Kings and Isaiah 14 and, and all that wonderful stuff. And, uh, you know, and, 
uh, you know, and how we got the idea that even Satan was a fallen angel, how we even got that idea, where that even comes from. We'll, we'll talk about that, um, and, and, um, and we'll, we'll look at that. But I don't want that to be our primary focus, because we tend to try to, like, grab hold of these things. These are what we want to tend to focus on. But I want our focus to remember that we're on Genesis chapter 1. So before we can really talk about those things... We have to set the groundwork. And there's some things that we don't understand, like what happens between Genesis chapter 1 and Gen- when all things were good, and there in Genesis chapter 2, and we've got this, uh, you know, and we've got like, okay, is the snake a serpent? And all these other things, we're like, oh, I, I don't know what's going on there. And we got some work to do. We got some things that we just, there's some, we can guess, make some assumptions, but the Bible doesn't actually say so anything we do say, we're going to have to throw with a grain of salt on there that uh, we're not positive as to what that means and stuff like that. Um, so, um, uh, so, let's, so when we talk about rulers above and rulers, let's, let's focus in on rulers above. That's this, this um, Genesis chapter 1, 14 and 18. Then God said... Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for the seasons and for the days and for the years. And they will be lights in the expanses of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater to rule over the day and the lesser to rule over the night as well as the stars. And God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide lights on the earth to rule the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Now, my first reading of this, my hundredth reading of this, okay, it's the stars and the moon. Move on. Most of you probably, that's how you read it too. And that's a perfectly good reading. Um, but we have some problems if we just leave it there as we read the rest of the scriptures. Because they, the authors of other passages in the Bible, put more on this. They read more into it. So we have to go back and say, well, what were they seeing as well? And I'm not saying it's wrong to say, okay, it's the moon stars, let's go on. That's fine. But they did read more into it. In Genesis chapter 1, they see the host of heaven set in the sky dome. And the inhabitants of this divine throne room are in the heavens. Um, And so... This helps us understand the biblical authors constantly using language of the stars to describe spiritual beings. And they are uh, creatures that inhabit the heavenly realm and have authority under God. Um, and they're called the host of heaven. And uh, it's kind of like uh, God's support staff. And uh, we see this kind of language throughout the scriptures. For example, let me bring up a couple of examples here. <clears throat> Psalm 103, 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The blessing of the Lord, all his angels of great strength, who do his word and obedient to his command, blessed Bless the Lord and all his armies, his servants who do his will. Uh, So the Lord has established his throne in heaven. Um, The Lord places angels, the mighty ones to do his bangers, and, you know, the host of heaven. These are all language to talk about these angels that are up in heaven. And we're like, well, and they were first introducing this in a cosmology where they didn't have telescopes. They're looking up at the stars and God is showing them something of the, the above the rakia in the heavens by using what they can see. 
And so we see other, other here's another example. Uh, then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the words of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the whole heavenly army was standing by him at his right hand and his left hand. The host of heaven. This angel up in heaven. Um, yeah, let's keep going for a couple more examples. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the, uh, the heights above. Um, praise him, all his angels. Uh, make sure I can praise him, all the heavenly armies. That's the word armies there, uh, heavenly host. Uh, some of your translations will translate it that way. Um, praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, shining stars. All that imagery is going back to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Luke uh, 2.9. It's Christmas time. Got to bring up Luke 2.9. Um, then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Uh, continuing on, we're going to skip a couple verses. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying, and you guys could probably tell me the rest of that passage because it's Christmas time. Um, so, you know, the, the phrase heavenly host um, are... Um, are to form, to describe the same things as we often use the word heavenly or the Lord's armies um, and, and uh, the, the stars, uh, the sun and the moon and the stars. These are things that, um, um, that they're, it's like we're looking at it from a different point of view. Um, angel is associated with light of God's glory in Luke chapter 2. Um, and... Uh, the host of heavens are described as God's heavenly choir. Um, interesting enough, God's heavenly choir seems to be angels. Um, I guess that's where we get the idea that we're going to join God, go up there and sing heavenly house, praise songs all night long. I, I don't know. Um, I know as a, as, a, as, as a young man, the idea that we're going to go up to heaven and sing praise songs all day, I hate that imagery because I don't like if that's where I'm. I don't want to be there. <laughs> um, thankfully, that's not what's described in in a lot of the other but rest of the passages. Um, you know, uh, we don't get to become angels. We um, we don't. Um, uh, you know, I guess maybe some people join the, the choir and some people don't. There's the running and there's, uh, there's other things going on. It seems like there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, which means you're going to have jobs and responsibilities and um, these things like, because we'll talk about this another day, but there's two different types of rest. There's Sabbath rest where you like cessation and there's a Noahic rest, which is a rest, but it's a place of rest where you have... Um, like life continues, and um, and so that's an interesting idea, and I like the idea. I, I just sitting around on a cloud all day, singing, <laughs> God have me. I'm going somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, um, but that's thankfully that's not what the image of the Bible that the Bible really paints is as 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 new heaven and new earth and. Um, but uh, um, but um, yeah, um, the heavenly beings, uh, the heavenly host. I don't know what's going on here. There it goes. I'll set that there. Maybe I'm moving around too much. Um, the heavenly host also is described um, sons of God. Um, Job 38, uh, we like the word, we like Job, don't we? No. We like some of Job. How many of you guys actually like all of Job? Uh, 
<laughs> like the beginning and the end, we can miss the, there's that middle, even though it's important, we're like, like it's kind of repetitive. Are you saying the same? I think I already read this. Um, <laughs> but um, Job 38, uh, um, you know, he's God has finally shown up after Job has, um, you know, been sitting for so long and his friends have given him all kinds of bad advice. Um, they weren't bad friends. They sat with him for a long time before they actually spoke up. And then they started talking, and that's when they start getting into trouble. Um, but isn't that so much how it usually happens is when we start talking? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so God has finally showed up. And, um, and uh, so he says, he says, where were you when I established earth? So we're automatically back at Genesis chapter 1. Tell me if you understand who fixes its dimensions. Certainly you know who measured its line across it, who supports its foundations. Um, got to remember to change the slides. Uh, or who laid the cornerstones while morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. Um, in the Hebrew, it's, uh, it's actually, we, we, we write, we, cha- we translate it as morning stars sang. Um, uh, it's actually more like stars of the morning, which uh, is an interesting, um, in our English it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it kind of gives you this different feel in the Hebrew. It's the stars of the morning, it's in the demonstrative, uh, saying together and all the sons of God shouted aloud. We've got the same idea that they were the stars and the sons of God were kind of, they were the same entity. Uh, they were the same beings um, in the Job. Um, Psalm 89 uh, the Lord of heavens praise your wonders, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. There we have that assembly of the holy ones. Um, for in the skies is com- uh, comparable to the Lord, who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? Uh, that assumes that there are other heavenly beings. I like that. I, you know, that assumes that there are other heavenly beings. Um, God is greatly feared in the council of the holy ones. We have that council motif um, that, um, that we see parallel lines in Hebrew so that the stars and sun are not separate entities but the same creatures from two different perspectives. Uh, the council of the holy ones, more awe-inspiring than all who surround the Lord of armies, who is strong like you, Lord. Your faithfulness surrounds you. Uh, and yeah, so we have like, um, so we have uh, 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 day four, these delegates, the, uh, these delegates, the host of heaven, uh, are seen as authorities. They're the, the sign, um, the stars are a sign of the spiritual beings. Um, and so the stars in the sky dome are an image of the divine council. And I, I could give you more passages that will support this idea. Um, but, um, and throughout the story of Israel, we see uh, people continually working, worshiping the stars as deities which gets them into trouble um, because they're worshiping the the heavenly host, not not the one who who created all of that. And um, and um, yeah, we can uh, even though in Deuteronomy four nine four four nineteen specifically says when you look to the heavens and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the stars in the sky, do not be allayed astray to bow down and worship to them and serve them. The Lord your God has uh, provided uh, uh, provided them for all people everywhere under heaven. And a lot of times in our, our minds, we just want to throw up, okay, the star moons, God's provided them, don't worship them because they're inanimate objects. They're giant balls of gas. 
But in the mindset of a ancient Israelite person, they weren't just giant balls of gas. They didn't have the image of them being giant cosmic. They were the heavenly host. And so when we read the scriptures, I, like I said at the very beginning of this, we got to put our encyclopedia aside and start trying to adopt some of their encyclopedia. Because that's hard for us to do. Because we're like, okay, well, we don't worship the stars. They're inanimate. But they were thinking these were the heavenly hosts. Don't worship them because they're lesser beings. Um, Amos 5.25 The house of Israel uh, was sacrificed it was sacrifices and grain offerings to you that you presented me during the 40 years in the wilderness but you have taken up uh, Sukkot your king and Kwan your star your star god images that you have made for yourself so I will send you into exile beyond Damascus the Lord the God of armies in his name he has spoken uh, in Amos, we see these, um, even the, the desire to worship other gods, uh, images, star gods are, 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 in, um, are, are leading to the downfall of, of Israel. Um, it's things like that that led to things like this one. Zephaniah 1.4, and I will stretch out my hand against Judah, against the residents of Jerusalem, and I will cut every vestus of Baal uh, from this place to the name of the pagan priest who uh, bows worship on the rooftops um, to the stars of the sky who bow and pledge loyalty to the Lord, but pledge loyalty also to Milcom. Um, Milcom is uh, a, a form of the god Baal. Um, and so, um, so we see um, they've started pledging themselves to these false gods that were symbols found in the um, Baal. We've already talked about a lot of these, these ones in, in past episodes. Uh, yeah, I watch too much TV. Past episodes. Um, um, if it's not TV, it's books. If it's not books, it's uh, old radio programs. Uh, my favorite is The Shadow Knows. Um, Levant Craston, the man about town. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, past episodes, we saw, we already talked about a lot of these deities. Um, as being Mesopotamian gods, they were represented by the sun, the moon, um, and, and the stars. Um, they were the ruler, but um, so we get a temptation to worship the, um, the, the, the beings around us. And actually, I think a lot of people uh, are seeing today, even today, this return to this. Well, we don't say we're worshiping, well, some people worship the sun and the moons today. You can find people that do worship the sun and the moon today. You might call it um, astrology or whatever. But um, we're seeing a lot of the same images that we used to see in worship of these deities return to today's society. Now, we don't call it the same thing, but we're seeing the same images. Um, like we could go look up the goddess Inya or Ishtar, and we see a lot of the same worship styles and she was a moon goddess um we see a lot of the same worship of her coming out in today's society and, th and things like uh transsexual the worship of uh and the the the, the homosexuality and and the setting up of temples in the lgg yes i'm saying it lgbtq plus because it's premium um um, but there's, we're seeing a lot of the same imagery, premium channels, Disney plus, uh, plus okay. Some of you are way over your heads. So that's okay. <laughs> um, that's okay. Um, but, uh, we're seeing a lot of the same images, those kind of things. This is nothing new. Always we're like, it's new to the United States, maybe. 
But it's nothing new. Actually, a lot of the same images, the same temples, yes, because they do follow the same patterns as religion, have already been seen all the way back in Mesopotamia. We just don't see it, call it the same deities or the same demons or the same, we don't see, but we see a lot of the same patterns and images and, and worship patterns. So it's been something that's been with us this whole time. And our temptation has been to worship these things. Um, but God says, don't worship these things. You know, they're, you know, the, the creatures in heaven, the ones, the, you know, the one third, the two thirds that didn't fall are, are like my staff that I'm giving authority over to rule over certain aspects of, of the world. Now, we'll talk about our aspects, our dominion. We've been given dominion too. We've been given a sense of sovereignty. I know this is a word that's going to really scare people because they're like Calvinism, you know, like that's, we don't, we've been given a sense of sovereignty, authority, dominion. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the rulers below. Um, but um, but the, the, the heavenly hosts have given us a sense of authority over things as well. And so we turn to the word angelos, angels. Um, okay, I'm running short on time already. Um, all right, we'll get started on this and we'll come back. Okay, or should we stop here? Should we stop here? Well, we're almost out of time. It's 6.47. You want to stop here so we can cover like a whole unit at one time? I don't know if we can get through it all, but um, but we can, we can stop here and then we can and then we can we can get into this word angel next week. We'll stop here. Um, I'm I'm itching. Um, <laughs> um, I was told I can't go longer. That was. Um, <laughs> No, I'll do it next Tuesday. Um, he's interested in the subject too. Um, so we'll start with angels um, next week. We'll talk about where the word angel comes from, why I don't like it. It's all heavenly beings and all that next week. I think we can get through angels next week, and then we'll talk about that wonderful word, let us. Um, all right, so any questions? We do have a couple, a few minutes, so any questions about what we've talked about? or any? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, northern uh, Arizona, uh, Flagstaff used to be a dark sky area. It's not, I don't think it is anymore, but it used to be uh, because they had that big telescope there. Um, and you, um, now there's so many lights everywhere. I mean, yeah, here, since I've moved here, I've really earned to see the scars. <laughs> We get the, sty st the, the lights from, Air from Vegas from here. You can see. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and uh, if you have never had a chance to go see a dark sky area, you really should seek it out where you can see the Milky Way up there in the sky and just um, so beautiful. And um, closest to us here? Um, I don't know. Uh, um, I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that. I have not seen anywhere really here. I've seen some places. I've gone outside of town, um, up in the mountains here, and you can see quite a few stars, but I, I haven't seen the Milky Way or anything like that. Um, you used to see it at the lake? I have not seen it since I've lived here in the last six years, so. Well, we, <laughs> we, 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 so many layers of stars up 
Yeah. You might have to go a couple hours outside of Vegas. Um, to where there's no lights. I know you can, northern Nevada has some nice places. Uh, Utah has a couple of places. You know, you got to go out in the, in the, the wildernesses. Um, Arizona might have some. You go out in the desert. Um, they used to have quite a few. I, don't, I haven't been out there in a long time, so I don't know. But you used to be able to drive out into the desert in Arizona and see a lot of it. Um, um, golly, I don't even know. Um, I don't know. Dark sky areas in the United States. Um, yeah, that's up quite a bit north. Uh, that's a good place. The Great Basin in North. Uh, that's probably an eight-hour drive from here, uh, which is not not. I know. I, for I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about driving. I, I'm not. That's 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 not that far. <laughs> but. Uh, Well, uh, absolutely, more stars than you can see around here. I've, uh, I've done that one, and I've been disappointed. Um, just because there is so much light pollution from the surrounding areas that you, um, you can't. I, I mean, it was good for around here. So, out, uh, but it's probably close. Yeah, but I was disappointed by it because it's not, uh, not, not the, the dark sky area where you can see everything. Alaska, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's uh, some pretty dark sky area. I've never been. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, that's one of my to-do to lists. That's, that's one of my dreams. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thus, the one of the people, not, not the only one, but one of the people that said I can't go past seven. <laughs> Uh, all right, anything else we want to say? All right, would someone close us in prayer and we'll end there for the night?